Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Access Potential podcast. It's Saturday morning, nine o'clock, and really excited today to be sitting down with Dr. Damien Cooper. Damo from the Movement Improvement Clinic, osteopath, uh, musical extraordinaire, good friend, all around legend. We're going to talk all things small business. Uh, Damo's got a, a thriving little osteopathic um, clinic here in Newcastle that he set up not too long ago and it's going from strength to strength. So we'll talk about that and also want to get stuck into a little bit of the mindset stuff, a little bit of the uh, musical side of things as well and find out a little bit more about that. So there's going to be a lot of value in here, particularly for those of you who are uh, setting up a, a solo, a bit of a solo practice or your own, starting your own path and looking to grow it, looking at that first sort of, uh, you know, zero to, I guess, three or four year mark as well. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump in. Thanks so much for listening. This is John Marsh and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. All right, Damo, thank you so much for making a bit of time for me, man, and, and sitting down for the podcast. How has everything been going? Yeah, um, yeah, I think overall things are tracking pretty well. You know, there's always ups and downs and challenges along the way, but if I look from an objective kind of perspective from the, the bird's eye view of my life, uh, it's, going, it's going well. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, um, I've been looking forward to this. So I'm intru- interviewing, you know, this is, this is kind of a business sort of, I guess, podcast in a sense. And I guess I'm interviewing you uh, as an osteo slash business mm-hmm. owner. Um, however, you're also uh, an amazing musician and... I know that this has also had a business element to it. And I thought we could jump straight in and just maybe if you could talk about that path and how you sort of went, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to open this osteo clinic. I'm going to have a crack at this. This is my, this is my journey. Um, but then balance that with music and, and mm. cause I think this could open up the conversation into some other interesting spaces, but maybe just talk about that, how the two have come together how you've sort of ended up where you are now. Mm. Yeah, I guess um, it's long and convoluted. But I really, I really value my time. And, and I know that it's a, it's a finite resource. Um, and how I spend my, how I spend my time matters more than anything really to me. So that's basically what led me down the path of where I am now, where I essentially run my own show and uh, I love all the things that I'm doing and I'm, I'm super grateful to be at that point, you know, from my mid-20s, early, early 20s to have managed to manifest, create a life that that I really um, am passionate about living. So, yeah, where it all started, I mean, I started playing, I've always been pretty sporty, and, uh, and, I, and I started playing music in high school. So I had these kind of two passions, you know, quite, quite good at sport. Picked up the guitar when I was 12. Um, friends along the way helped push you along, and, and um, <clears throat> I had this one particular friend, Alex, who I used to jam with, all the time, you know, I started playing guitar in 2006 and we would play, we would play guitar every day together, nearly, just about, and then over the, like, the school holidays, we would, uh, pretty much every day, it was organising to go and see each other so we could jam more and, and that just kind of snowballed all the way through school and I finished school and I was kind of over learning everything and I played so much music that I didn't want to even play anymore. And I was nearly going to take a, take a gap year and even even considered becoming um, a monk. 
because I just I wanted to develop my mindset and and understand what life's really all about. Um, this is a long-winded way of telling the story, but it's going to come full circle. So, a friend of mine, just after I finished school, convinced me to start university. So I started exercise science. Um, I did a year of that. Met a girl who was a musician. She was very inspiring. Um, we were together not for a very long time, but she had a big impact on me. Um, and I started osteopathy my second year of uni. Uh, and I think seeing, seeing her pursue her dreams in music kind of inspired me a lot. So we, we, ended, up, we ended up breaking up, but there was like this remnant of inspiration there. So I became really passionate about picking up the guitar again and, and trying to sing, which was not something I really practiced much. And um, I wanted to integrate, um, I wanted to integrate music into my life a lot more. And over a couple of years of busking, um, I just became overwhelmingly passionate about making music somehow financially uh, supportive in my life. And so, yeah, I took a risk and quit a job before I had another income and went busking with that was going to be how I made my money. And someone saw me the week I quit and said, hey, do you want to come and play in my bar? And I was just like a little pizza joint. Uh, It's really cool. I'll go back there. I love that place. And uh, invited a friend to come along who was a musician. He said, hey, you're great. Do you want to play all these gigs that I can't play? And so that was my third year of osteopathy. And yeah, from then on, I've, I've basically been making music my, which is 2015, making music my sort of side hustle along with finishing osteo. And then 2018, I moved down here and started my osteopathy business, um, which is evolving now. We've got Chris on board in yeah 2020, who's a physiotherapist. And that pretty much brings us to where we are, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your, the business and the osteo that you guys, the, the work that you guys are doing as well, but the first uh, one of the one of the things that occurs to me is that you finished up, and it sounds like pretty quickly went solo yeah. into your business, right? And uh, and I know you also do a lot of work with different mentors and workshops, like it's constant your your continual learning process. Mm. So I kind of wanted to ask about that feeling of going out you know because it resonate i remember walking out of a corporate job when i was 24 with no other job similar kind of thing mm-hmm. and ended up uh it was a different story went into retail but ended up kind of figuring it out and i wanted to ask about how that came about that choice because a lot, i think a lot of people say they want to start as a personal trainer want to start as a physio whatever it is there's these paths, you know, we can do apprenticeship, mentorships or work, work underneath someone or work in an institution or a commercial facility for a while, or we can, we can go sort of the other way and you're making a go of it the other way. And it's, it's seemingly going really well. So I don't know if you could just speak to that a little bit, maybe the, was that the only option for you? Like from the start, like how come you decided to go that way? Uh, it wasn't the only option. I had other options. Um, one option was to actually work in India. In osteo? Yeah, as an osteopath, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was opportunities around Lismore, uh, Gold Coast, to work with under someone. There's quite a lot of jobs for osteopaths. But none that are particularly inspiring in regards to the movement practice. Um, and so the, the concept of developing freedom within the body and how to facilitate that as an osteopath and really understand what it means to move. Because I think there's... We know that, and I know that it's a common theme through this podcast... And it's, and it's something that's becoming even more present, you know, 
from, um, yeah, I mean, in the last 10 years, especially. Uh, but it really is something that, yeah, I don't want to fluff on about it, but, but it, there's so much more than linear patterns of motion. Mm. And I think when we look at a movement practice, it's about seeing all the space between everything and how to liberate yourself, mm. like free, free, liberate your body, liberate your mind, liberate your movement practice, have fun, become strong, become mobile, mm. become versatile, become coordinated. And these things for me represent optimal movement. Yeah. And that's what I strive for. That's what the Movement Improvement Clinic is, is about. That's its philosophy. Do you think that you had an unstructured creative freedom, creative flow element in your life from music that also led you or not led you, but could have been part of the same thread yeah. that went, okay, I want to do osteo and I want to do it different or I want to do it. I want to go into this movement thing. There's less of a structured path here, but that's kind of okay because I've already gone busking and made a go of that. And I'm already, does that kind of resonate at all? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, one of the words that I throw out sometimes is this concept of a super niche, yeah. which is, you know, obviously kind of talking, it's, it's sort of going a little bit businessy here. Uh, super niche or smallest viable audience or a specific group of people that you want to serve in a business. Mm. And already you've talked about uh, movement, this concept of enjoying music. And it feels to me that you've, another way to frame up super niche or niche or smallest audiences, like a tightly knit community or a, a group of people who have similar worldviews and beliefs or uh, similar outlooks on life. And I feel like you've not only found a great community that you're a very active part of, um, but also that you, in a sense, moved uh, homes for it. Yeah. You know, you moved, you moved, you you seeked it out to a point that it uprooted you from where you lived, and then you f you found this other hub as well of people who believed what you believed and were interested in what you were interested in. Could you talk a little bit about that? Cause it's big when you're starting a business is mm. whether you're thinking about it from traffic perspective mm, or um, yeah. the first 10 clients or whatever, however you want to split it up. Could you talk a little bit about how that felt for you or how that unfolded for you? And um, were there any challenges in coming into a new community and kind of doing that because that's not super easy for a lot of people as well yeah so <clears throat> it's terrifying like it's terrifying to i lived in lismore my whole life until two years ago and <clears throat> the only thing that prepped me sorry <clears throat> the only thing that prepped me for stepping into a new community i think was uh i had to i changed schools um from <laughs> from, primary from primary school to high school, I had to make all new friends. And then going into university, I had to make all new friends again. And so I gave, became comfortable with the idea of newness. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I felt that I came to a point where I, I evolved from what was happening in Lismore and change was needed. Um, although it's scary, it's exciting. And I saw opportunity, the opportunity that I could see was overriding the fear. It was far greater to, to take the opportunity of starting a business in Newcastle without really knowing anybody except Rod and, and my friend Andy, who I met on the movement weekend the year prior. So for context, uh, Damo's talking about Rod Cooper, who's been on the podcast a couple of times at the movement collective so you so just lay that out quickly you were you were in lismore and then you did a movement weekend yeah and kind of met the community that first time yeah yeah which was in yeah in itself a bit of a risk to take it was yeah so i'm yeah that was august 2017 came down for a weekend stayed the week which was in my fifth year of uni might i just add so last year critical time 
Yeah, and just hung out for the week. Loved Newey. Went back home. Finished, finished uni. And then I was in India. I got a job offer there. Rod sent me a message at the same, the same week I got the offer. And uh, I said, let me sit with it. As soon as I said that, sent that message, I knew that that's where I was going. And yeah. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of want to acknowledge the... It, it sounds serendipitous, like that the message came and it all landed in your lap. Mm. Uh, but I think what a lot of people, when you're really early, sort of, it, it's easy to bypass the fact that you went to that workshop and then you created the conduit for communication that then allowed that relationship to build. So there's luck or serendipity or whatever or timing but usually it's because you created that opportunity for the luck. Like you set up, you got, you got out of your own comfort zone a little bit or however you want to talk about it. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important. You know, there's three, there's three things when you think about really early business, like there's kind of the community side of it, which allows you to build relationships and see opportunity, listen to people, see where you can bring value. Uh, now there's the content side of it as well, which we may touch on a little bit. And then there's like the conversation side of it, which is like stemming from either of those two. It's like talking to people, oh, like I can help you or do you want to come and do a session or whatever it is. And uh, you can build a, an early business from those three. And what I wanted to ask you, because you've now, you're now having your biggest months as a business. Mm. When you spoke about community there and, and the community down here in Newcastle and getting involved. Mm. Um, and you were doing this before the content mm. and you were, could you just speak on those three, whether it was uh, community conversations, like how did you get those first few people to mm. work with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Like going right so, back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when I started, uh, I started in August. The business started 27th of August. 2018. 2018. Yeah. And I moved down here the 4th of June. So yeah. I had two, two, two months, two and a half months, nearly three months of just meeting everyone. Yeah. Before I was even working. I Tell, was, get, get real, like, okay, so like I, what is meeting everyone? Because this is, this is a yeah. big thing, right? Like it's scary for, it's scary. For a lot of people, new community. Yeah. Um, you don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. you, or you know one person usually or yeah. two. But like, what were you doing? Were you teaching? Like, how did you meet people? What did that look like? Okay. So I'll frame it up a little bit. Because this is how you built relationship yeah. to create clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll frame it up a little bit. Um, before I, part of the opportunity was that Rod would teach me a lot about uh what he was doing at the Movement Collective so that I could become a teacher. So that was helpful. A lot of leverage there to be able to, I guess, become an authority in the space early on. Um, give me confidence, you know, with the great support from my degree in osteopathy, knowing really how the body already moves. So you were seeing ways you could bring value yeah. that wasn't actually in the osteopathic yes. area in order to also, to, to teach, but also it allowed you to build more relationship too. Yeah, so Rod, straight away, I was shadowing. Yeah. And he introduced me. Um, I don't know, we share a last name. It was kind of funny. Um, I thought I, you guys were related. Yeah, a lot of From people When do. I lived in Melbourne and I first saw, I came across you, I was like, oh, another, like a brother or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brother from another mother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was funny and I'd played on that and, and I'm just a pretty playful human, you know, I'd come in with music, I'd had music down and so I, I used that as a way to connect with everyone and I would learn everyone's name. I remember going in and thinking, okay, I gotta remember everyone's name and I want to, I want to talk to everyone and I want to connect with everyone and all of those members that I, that I met, especially in that early phase, was... Um, was was conscious effort. It was mm -hmm. intentional. I knew that 
moving into a new space to become well connected to to help my business thrive i would need to be very well connected to everyone so that was the first intention are you naturally i don't use these terms much if i'm perfectly honest but are you naturally extroverted or naturally that way inclined oh gosh i want to say yeah but i also know why you don't use it is because you develop these skills too like oh yeah, maybe, and I, maybe yeah and i just find that often people can Id- over identify with the narrative like, yeah and yeah. then it therefore is a reason to not connect if i'm introverted or you know what i mean yeah well i think firstly i love alone time yeah it's more important to me than the other yeah but when i yeah you know you have to learn to be yeah when you're playing music on stage and you are performing you're um you've, you've got to be able to step outside of your own mind and feel the energy of the community and, and tap into this yes yeah, communal energy there's like a there's like a energetic feel of the room and you need to tap into that and also influence that and lead that as well if you want it to be a certain way um if it's feeling heavy you want it to feel lighter like you have to lead to to do that so i practice that with a guitar in my hand and a mic microphone. Mm. It's really interesting because we probably, well, we'll have to probably go into it in another episode, but that really, yeah. from what little I know of osteopathy, what you just said there also, uh, I think it kind of resonates a little bit as well. Like you've got that concept of energy flow or flow within, you said the room, but within the body as well. Mm through the healing is that kind of like you because in a way you kind of guide that sort of process through the treatments too huh the whole belief of osteopathy is that the body has innate healing mechanisms yeah it's self-maintaining self-regulating and what we're trying to do is facilitate that process to happen like get rid of the blockages um and definitely there's an element of flow in there and there's the the so many elements that influence that therapeutic alliance, you know, the, the touch, um, the, the energy that's just in the room and the education, these, the stimulus you're giving to that person and, and their body and how you help them learn to understand how to do that for themselves. Mm. Um, and it is, it's a, it's, it is a flow state when you're in the, in the office, when you're out in the gym with someone mm. of guiding them towards their health. And there's almost kind of this element of having someone um, who's the professional really is just leading. That's, mm. what we, that's what professionals do. They lead their customers, they lead their clients to wherever they want to go. Mm. And so it's the same with is it really interesting because a lot of times i talk about these two components uh it's kind of the energy generation work but structure and energy and a lot of the healing modalities like ways you can treat people are very much on the structural side as in like there's a set process or there's a certain routine and sets and reps or this kind of um Procedure. Uh, yeah, procedure, procedure, which is great, right? It was, it's very structured. And then there's the other side, which is like, you know, the energy healers. Mm-hmm. And you're not really sure what's happening there because there's, there's really little structure. Yeah. You might be in, in a room for a certain period of time. That's kind of the extent of it. Or there's, you know, there's a little bit, but there's a lot of the more um, conceptual or intuitive or this, this sort of intangible side of it. And what I sense is that there's a balance in what, and it's a bit of an art, right? And were mm. you able to balance, I remember in Melbourne, I used to get a lot of craniosacral osteopathy yeah. uh, with Liz at Eastern Osteo. And I used to go down there when I was training lots and I'd just go, I'd just meditate, I'd lie down and just go into meditation and she'd just sit there. And I remember it was like the most helpful thing for the whole body and mm. there was nothing going on right it was really interesting um but i wonder if you could just talk about that a little bit how you you know going to your business which again requires structure and energy right like you you're in a structural container you need to see five clients today 
yeah or or you need to um, do sales calls or you need to do client notes yeah and then you've got this musical side of you and the the um more energetic free free flowing less structured side of you and how are you balancing this and how has it impacted how are those two impacted your business in the last uh, six months or so yeah okay yeah it's it's there's a lot of aspects to the question yeah um okay so balancing it that's always a challenge but I find music is an energy generator for me. It, it gives me joy. It helps me connect. It helps me be present. That supports me doing work within the container, the structure, feeling that, you know, if that means getting people in to that I need to see or that the need to see me, uh, you know, doing the, the, the processes and, and uh, things that I need to do to to have the business run has that been an adapt has that been where the challenge has been oh yeah yeah like i i don't love the idea of working nine to five <laughs> put it that way yeah so huge adaptation um yeah still adapting um but balancing it um yeah i think okay i'm just gonna start from a spot that I feel that I can best answer this question. So I want to just acknowledge that we know, like you kind of already said it, there's these aspects of healing modalities that I want to acknowledge. There's this structural aspect. There's this uh, other aspect, which is very free flow. And they both work in their own way for people. Um, And it's important to have all of those aspects. As the practitioner, being in touch with all of that within myself, I see that as the most important thing. Mm. If I'm out of touch with that, I'm not going to be able to serve my patients. So maintaining my balance, being the example of health, doing the practice that I preach, which means like playing music, not being overly stressed as much as I possibly can. And, and doing like the meditation practice, energy generation practice that's going to support me to then serve who I'm serving. Uh, it's like you don't want to be uh, like a... I see it all the time with, with mothers, right, who they're always spent because they don't do any, any, any energy generation. It's like you can't give if you have no energy. So, that's the focus for me and it always has been a priority. Um, That's why I started music because I felt that what it was doing for me was going to support me to be the best version of myself and to best serve the world. Um, And, yeah, I... (laughs) I kind of feel like does that does that answer the question? Yeah, I, I guess you know maybe maybe specifically. Yeah, it's I'm not going to say easy, but say to work with your first five clients. You know, yeah. you're you're a trainer, you're an osteo, you're a physio, right. and you meet you know Brian, friend of your friend Annie, right? And then they yeah. come in and you do a session, and then you meet Sally, right? And they come yeah. in and do a session, uh, and those first few you can usually find through relationship, right? right? Because people know you, there's trust in the system and that trust can help create that value exchange. Maybe even you discount the first few clients, right? You're just getting them in the door. You're starting mm. to sort of find your groove. Then there's like, you know, you know, when you're like 20 plus clients a week, right? Yeah. It's a different level. There's a different structure involved for you to maintain and support that load 30 clients a week you know what i mean and so i kind of wanted to touch on like how did you transform or how did you find that shift from um those early days to i guess building a business does that make sense like 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 from early practitioner just finding your first first few finding your feet in a new space to processes to systemizing to to going to where you're at now yeah 
Because that, for, I think for a lot of people, that's mm. the big thing is like... It's Transitioning from stage one to stage two. Maturing the business, yeah. that first yeah, that first level. And then, of course, it keeps going. Um, yeah. You know, we've talked a little bit about that. Like you can, you can leverage, there's other things you can do. But maybe speak to that a little bit, like um, oh, okay, putting yeah. that cap on to to make that jump up yeah um there's got to be intent behind it so when you've got to you've got to visualize that this is going to happen and believe that that's going to happen and trust that and then put the energy in to make it happen when you you build the relationships you'll have um and the intent is always to serve people People feel that, they talk about that. You give them tools that then they're practicing, which will create conversation for them, create a story for them they're gonna tell people about. From there, it's repetition and time. Time and effort is what Mm. separates you from whatever your goal is. And if that's getting to a 20 plus week, then you gotta put in a couple of years. So then there's this other idea of how to make it kind of, kind of work. You want to have a busier book. You have to feel busy on a particular day. So for me, I had, I could have an open schedule of six days and I would take Sunday off, but I might have, and I might have, um, 10, 10 patients. So instead of doing two on each, two over five days or something, let's do five and five. Yeah. And, and stay working on things. I like chunking time. And then once it got busier, it was, well, I still like doing a couple of days. So let's do, even though I'm flexible and I would stay open and, and work around people, but let's do 10 and, and five and then another five and you kind of just I don't know it's like strength training you build volume mm. you know you build intensity yeah you're, you're also by the end of Monday when you put say you had say you had 10 for the week and you put five of them on the first day the the, the, the frame that you have in your head at the end of the Monday was one of like wow I just served five people like yeah. back to back or yeah. you know you've got this this structure that's being built. So it's it's showing you your capacity to go again, right? Yeah. Versus two and then, oh, I don't have anything till Thursday. Right, right, right. So you've kind of like, you're building a structure early on that's going to serve you going forward. Yeah, creating you know, It's quite evidence. interesting, yeah. Creating evidence with, within your own life that this is who you are going to be. Mm. Um, and what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do, particularly when helping people like uh, with rehabilitation. It's like often people are not uh, like pain occurs because of safety and protection. This seems like a side note, but we'll bring it around. Pain occurs because we need safety and protection. The nervous system doesn't feel safe and needs protection. As a practitioner, we need to provide evidence that there's no mm. need to be scared and to be fearful. So you do the same thing. It's all the nervous system. Mm. You do the same thing for a business and, and, and practicing um, and building a business. I think you need to create evidence that reinforces the belief that you know you need to have. Mm. And, it, and it's just like a domino effect, mm. which you actively kind of have to still push for a little while yeah yeah Yeah. it becomes more the and the new narrative becomes of i can succeed at this becomes more stable as you go but it still needs it still needs an energy input if you walk away for too much it still can become unstable a little bit it still needs that little bit of work yeah yeah i like that so um just to reframe it like if you're listening and you're very early basically and correct me if this is this is how this landed uh it's like trying on the narrative of i can i can do this like being willing and open to accepting that that's a possibility mm-hmm. what would the proof of that look like mm-hmm. working towards cementing in a little bit of that proof 
And uh, then you get to believe that narrative a little bit more. And then you start to trust. You have a trust in your ability. And especially when you stack five clients on the Monday, because look, I just did five clients in one day. I could easily do five clients in one day times five days, yeah. right? 25. Yeah. Hey, that's where I want to be. Cool. All I need to do is do this again tomorrow or work towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that a concept of success by approximation too, huh? It's like little steps and then mm. each step is proof towards this can work. Mm, mm. Yeah. And it works in all aspects. It's not just business and clients. It's mm. also that I didn't work till 2 p.m. And then I worked 2 to 7. Yeah. But I had a great morning. I did my training. I played some music. I had some good food and I had a life. Yeah. Because lifestyle and, and life work fits into your life. Yeah. So that's also part of this success narrative that I want. So I try that on as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not seeing anyone until this point and having that boundary around it as well. Like yeah. You've got to protect it. Yeah. Like it is valuable because if you don't, then it will never occur. It becomes less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, actually, this kind of leads into this final question a little bit. The, this, all, all of the, the, the structure that we talked about, because having passion for something is great, but it doesn't get you far if there's not those steps in place. It, it's, passion's not necessarily directional. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it can be there when you lie in bed at night. That can be passion for an idea or for something. Uh, but then that's that sort of those steps or those action items or whatever you actually do starts to lay down that framework. Mm. And one of the risks for not risks, but one of the the elements of that can be uh, a loss of kind of a loss of freedom in a sense it's not really but a perceived loss right because mm -hmm. hey i i'm i'm doing this today i'm working five hours or whatever mm -hmm. and that for some people the start can be a little bit uncomfortable especially when there's this also awareness of lifestyle balance and this kind of thing my question is how do you as you grow the business and now you know you're seeing that upper end of really the clients what you can kind of maintain on your own, uh, how do you maintain or how do you remind yourself to stay playful, to, to keep that element of, you know, you that was there in high school that started with the music mm. that moved down here, you know, how do you balance those two uh, and not let, I guess, that the framework or the business or the mm. repetition uh crush the other side what what are your practices what are your reminders to keep that because i see that as something unique you know your level of ability to just pick up the guitar and, and go you know mm. what do you do for that environment i set it up i set up we get stuck in tunnel vision a lot of the time we need to it's helpful for a period of time to focus you need to put reminders around you it's like there's a guitar out. I put a hook in my room to hang a guitar on because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a clinical office, but there's a guitar in there. Um, I put myself in the movement collective consciously because I wanted the, the change that I wanted to make will happen easier if I plant myself in the right soil but you have to make the soil too. That's what being human is about. We have hands. We have the ability to create and to set things up. So I set myself up to not forget. I put myself in the movement collective. I put a guitar in my office. I put instruments out on display. I have a meditation space. There's visual stimulus, environmental stimulus, and then I think a conscious practice of remembering where I want to go, what I want to do, who I want to be, 
and repetitiously do, doing repetitions of embodying that as we forget. Because mm. we forget along the way. It happens all the time. Where, how did I get? You hear the stories. How did I get here? Mm. How did I get to this place? This is not where I wanted to be. I don't want to have that story. I don't want to be that person in that point. Mm. So I'm very, very intentional about where I put myself and what I put around me. I think we underestimate the, the power of our environment mm. and how we can actually shape that environment and mm. choose that environment. Yeah, I agree, especially right now, you know, as we record this, uh, Victoria or Melbourne's in the se their second COVID lockdown. And I've had a couple of conversations and calls with friends down there, business owners. And um, one of the things that's come up is the the uh, connection with mainstream media, with, with any real media channels. But when you talk about environment, whether it's light or sound, even coming off of the surface was we're around or the people we're listening to, as I speak, those those brain waves are literally being transferred to you because we assign mutual meaning and beliefs around the words. You listening and it's developing that same pattern in your brain, right? Mm. So that's being that's your biology now. Like what you've taken in yeah. is structure energy creates structure in your body and so if you give yourself enough reminders from the news around bright red banners with this mm. is doom and this is you know and you surround yourself enough with it you can create pathological structure yeah. in your body and um i think we're seeing the start of it right because of, mm. of just the collective amount of fear but i think what you're talking about is really powerful on the other side is like, okay, well, what do you, what kind of thing do you want to create and how can I influence that by what's around me all the time? Yeah. The power of the subconscious. One, one great, um, and I'm conscious of your time too, but, um, the one great quote that I have listened to that was, um, from a guy called Elliot Hulse. You may have heard of him. Um, some of his early stuff was really great. And he said, to brainwash yourself consciously with the things that you know are going to change you in the way that you need to be changed. Mm. Whether we choose to or not, we're being influenced and we, yeah, we have influence on what those things are going to be. And so, what we allow to be around us is going to have influence on us. Unless you're like a, a very steadfast kind of monk, you know, that's, that's what the practice of, of meditation can really help you with is, is the ability to uh, stay objective mm. in a world that is, in a life that is, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I prone do. to influence. Yeah, I hear that concept of like, hey, you know, you can learn to stay separate from mm. what's around. Um, you know, I think of people like Dr. Stephen Porges, right? And talks about neuroception and facial cues, the, my facial cues and smile stimulating your sense of safety and, mm -hmm. you know, at a subconscious level. And I think we can bring awareness to it, but like this stuff's happening when we're, zero years old <laughs> yeah. you know like i think and i think a big part of that Imagine awareness that is yeah a big part of the awareness is we can be aware of it happening but then also we can be more aware of uh just changing the environment you know what i mean of, mm -hmm. of having a conscious choice and right. and just and just removing that stimulus yeah. from us completely yeah i won't eat chocolate in the fridge i won't eat chocolate unless it's in the fridge yeah because yeah, and and I'll always have the lollies that are in the cupboard when they're there, but never when they're not there. Yeah. So it's easier to just set things up. It's just easy, like you said, it's just set the environment up so you can trust and relax the subconscious. Yeah, because it is powerful. It's constantly influencing habits and actions. Uh, last question: What are you doing? What what you know? We just went through a big shutdown. 
I think this could be just an interesting place to to kind of go. We went through the coronavirus business shutdown, mm-hmm. and physios and other other types of essential services were able to continue to trade. Mm-hmm. Having said that, a lot didn't, and a lot, and there was a very clear line, and some, and you grew, you grew in this mm-hmm. period. I wonder if you could just talk about how and what you uh you know what do you focus on in your business right now what's your main focus to 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 persist and to grow in your business regardless of what's happening a little bit around you Mm. i think the focus is on do I believe that what I can offer and serve is more important than the other factors that are going on around me that I can't control? So can the influence that I have be, is the influence that I have more important than what is happening in the world right now and when you answer that question for me it was yes something you said to me was be on the front foot which was permission for me to say yes I'm going to continue uh, despite the, the the narrative that is easy to take of Mm, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenging one to answer. Sorry, I'm a bit flustered around. Not yeah, well, you kind of like what you 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 know you're sort of separating yourself from the cultural narrative, and yeah. saying, hey, I can still bring value here. Yeah. And then you prove to yourself that you could because more people came. Yeah. And so it just played out. I think I think people still could have used my help. Yeah. And the there will be a point if. The coronavirus, there's a point where I will say no and then I'll do something else yeah. like play music and double down on that from afar. Um, but I, I was still, I was an essential, I'm in such an essential service and I think people needed my help as a health professional. Mm. Um, if it wasn't just physically, it was mentally. Mm. It's just support. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really important because a lot of people, when you believe in your service, then you have a duty to build relationship, mm. create invitation, you know, create opportunity to serve. Yeah. If you believe that what you have is a is a um, positive influence or helps the culture, and I think, mm. I think you're right. I think for a lot of people, just cultivating that belief in the very thing that they offer is mm. important. And I think the space, because as it as coronavirus escalated, numbers went down initially, which gave me time, and so grateful for technology to be able to call mm. and connect, with no intent just to accept to offer support for people. Mm. And so that's what I did. That's that's really what I did. I just I pretty much I called a lot of my patients just to say, hey, like, how are you going? Yeah. Not not, hey, do you want to book in? Just like, hey, yeah, you're doing all right. Yeah, it's crazy at the moment. Yeah. And then it created a boom, and that's where I'm at now. Yeah, it's opportunity in a way. Yeah. Uh, great. I think we're pretty much here. Is there anything else you want to? Talk about what, what you're focusing on at the moment or anything happening for you at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, not particularly, just, just that uh, the business is evolving, which is really great. We've got, um, yeah, Chris on board again, who's a physio, who's um, added a nice bonus to the business doing the higher level rehab stuff and services evolving. It's, we're innovating around online stuff, uh, online programming. Um, 
you know, that's that's really cool. But not really. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty content. Um, and I'm just walking the path that I'm walking. And I'm just happy doing that. So, yeah. Not much else, really. Yeah. If you want to connect with me, um, uh, Cooper Loop underscore, 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 underscore? Five underscores. On Instagram and, uh, yeah, uh, MIC, the Movement Improvement Clinic, yeah, is, is where I work. So, uh, we've got the website up. So Acute yeah. pain, chronic pain, tension for people who are also interested in movement and general health and, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's who we love working with. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we, we offer a huge amount of value to, to anyone who has a movement practice. Yeah. Um, or who wants to start a movement practice, yeah. or if you've just had recurring chronic injuries, that's you know we can help guide you through that process and and become someone that you may not believe you're able to become. I think that's what I'm really passionate about. That's the transformation is is what I really try to offer for people. Is that, yeah, is the human body is naturally able to overcome so much. And yeah, there's always going to be problems, adversities, you know, anatomical issues. But our mindset, if and and with the right stimulus, will guide us to a point where we can become someone we never thought we were able to become. And yeah, that's 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 really what we're offering. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Love your work. Uh, everybody thank you for listening if you have questions about this episode send them along john and john tmarsh.com or you can contact damo directly uh, i'll put the movement improvement clinic details under the show notes as well yeah and thank you for listening we'll see you all on the next episode thanks so much john pleasure